Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our third of many podcasts. I'm your host, Evan Forster, a licensed clinical social worker, clinical lead at the center, and I just spent a week trying to teach my two-year-old to snowboard. If you missed any of our podcasts, check them out on our website or this page. Our first podcast surrounded the importance of resiliency centers overall, and our second discussed relationships between grief and trauma. Our guest today is our wonderful activities coordinator, Tammy Horlacher. Tammy is an integral part of our team at the center, and I'll let her introduce herself. Um, hi, Evan. My name's Tammy. I live here in Highlands Ranch with my husband and my two daughters. Um, I have a senior and a sophomore, and um, I'm also a part of the STEM community. Both of my girls were in the building on May 7th. We also have two dogs, a cat, and a lizard. Awesome. And many of the folks that walk through the center know you as you're often up at the front. Um, what's something that they might not know about you? Um, I have a biology degree with a chemistry minor. And when I graduated college, I worked in chemistry laboratories and then I sold scientific products for a number of years. Very cool. Awesome. And so you said you're part of the STEM community. Um, what led you to your role at the center? Um, honestly, I walked in one day and offered to volunteer, and it just so happened that there was a position open. I was a volunteer coordinator at a middle school, and I felt like the skills I was learning in that job would be helpful here at the center. And I got the job, obviously. Absolutely. And I, all of us... Uh, every member of our team has, has a passion for the work that we do and, and really believes in the mission of the center. Um, for you, why do you think the work that we're doing here is important? I think that as a community, our recovery from May 7th was stunted by the pandemic. Yeah. And we, being together is the most important piece of this recovery, being able to be in the same room and look at other people who are walking the same journey as you. So um, selfishly or not selfishly, this job has been an important part of my healing journey. I I've grown up a lot, I think, from August to now. That's, that's great to hear. Um, and, and yeah, that, that sense of community and, and being with being with other people who are um, who have been in it or, or are passionate about it and, and that kind of thing I think is really important and a uh, great segue uh, into talking about, I think one of our biggest and most successful activities or events that we've ever done. Uh, Tammy, you had a major role in planning our recovery over time panel. Could you give the listeners a description of what that looked like? So recovery over time was a panel that focused on the successes and difficulties of recovery at different points in time. We had seven panelists and a moderator. We had survivors from Columbine, Sandy Hook, Aurora Theater, and Las Vegas. Um, and they all played different roles. Some were actually involved or not involved i'm sorry some were actually present for their event yeah some were parents some were um, secondary family members so the whole goal of recovery over time was to show us all that we're not alone in this journey yeah and that even if you're a cousin 
or an aunt of someone who's gone through this, your trauma is valid too, and you need to work through that. Absolutely. As a, as a therapist myself, obviously I believe that therapy can be really important um, in, the, um, in an individual's healing journey um, after a traumatic event, uh, whether that be mass violence, such as uh, what all of our panelists uh, in recovery over time um, had experienced um, in different manners, like you, like you noted, or a different type of trauma. Um, but I think that idea of learning from peers um, can be so powerful. Can you share a little bit more about why you think it's important to connect with survivors, share stories, that kind of thing? Um, so, again, when we talk about the pandemic, you that was isolating on its own. Um, the pandemic started a little bit before um, our one-year anniversary. So you were very much alone in how you were dealing. And I'm a parent of two survivors and nobody gives you a handbook to be a parent, let alone a parent of kids who've survived mass violence. Yep. Um, So you, you are a hundred percent convinced you're messing everything up. And I started this job, came in and did the body keeps the score with They were all fellow parents. Mm -hmm. And just listening to their stories, the things they're going through in their houses, reminded me that I am not a terrible parent. I am doing the best that I can. And there are other people to walk this journey with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to expand on that, too, the idea that um, the folks that we had on the panel, their... um, the, the trauma that they experienced had been on such different time frames, right? Um, with with Columbine being 20 years out, and then um, the other um, events being in, in a shorter time frame, and also recognizing that the different journeys that the different panelists are on are different. Right. I, I know I said the word different a bunch of times, but that's that that was kind of one of our, our big points there is that it's OK that it's different. It's OK that that you're at a different place than um, another parent or that um, for our listeners that maybe a student or your child is at a different place than another child. Mm-hmm. And. It doesn't, what the survivors described and what the family members described in this panel is that it doesn't necessarily like matter where you were at perhaps in the event or or how you were impacted. It What matters is kind of paying attention to what's going on with you, your family and your community mm-hmm. and, and working to, to kind of show up um, and, and recognize what can I do to help me? What can I do to help my family? What can I do to help my community? Um, and do I need to do anything right now? And and what I do is probably going to be different than what somebody else does. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, something that Bernadette, who also works here at the center, says that I love, even if you're not dealing with these things right now, they don't seem to be causing an issue for you. Having the things that we provide at the center or what they talked about at Recovery Over Time as tools in your toolbox, because at different points in your life, triggers can change. 
um, what stresses you out can change and a life change can bring back what happened on May 7th. So to have all those things and know, okay, I have this with me that I'm carrying with me and I know that if I struggle with something, I can pull something out of this toolbox and help myself. Absolutely. And then one of those, um, to kind of round this out a little bit too, um, we, we also know that recovery from anything can feel like an isolating event. Like I'm only doing this. You, you had mentioned, I'm not, I feel like I'm not a terrible parent because I've, I've learned these things. There's a lot of shame in that statement. And yes. I think there's a lot of shame in the recovery journey for a lot of people. And so being able to hear from people who have been in it and went through their shame and recognized that, um, that these struggles are normal and that I, I think there's a lot of power to that. Exactly. So you can find our recovery over time panel on our YouTube channel um, as we live streamed it. Um, and so there's a recording of that live stream um, on our YouTube channel. So you just go on YouTube and search STEM Center for Strength. Um, Tammy, any other thoughts on recovery over time? Um, I would just highly recommend anybody who's dealt with mass violence in any capacity or you're helping people who have dealt with mass violence to listen to it and watch it. Um, but really, I would encourage anyone who's dealt with trauma in their lives because trauma recovery is similar from different events. So. Yeah, absolutely. I was texting people during the, um, during the panel and being like, hey, you should, you should turn into this because I think it could be helpful for you, both um, like people in my personal life and then uh, other therapists. Um, because just kind of recognizing and hearing from people about their recovery journey, um, I think can just be so powerful. Um, just a uh, little note on that. Obviously, it is a discussion surrounding recovery from a mass violent a, a mass violent event, and so there are going to be or there were difficult topics discussed. If you are going to watch it, which which we would recommend, um, having supports with you when you yes. do that would be good. And also take breaks. We don't. It's it's about a two hour long presentation. You don't need to power through it if you're feeling uncomfortable. Take a break. Um, go be with a support person. Go do something um, that fills you up, and then come back to it if you if you are finding it helpful. So. I think that's a great transition for a new segment I'd like to introduce for our show. Our title is Resiliency Reimagined, and I'm continuing to learn that resiliency looks different for so many different people. I also continue to be impressed with the resiliency of our community and the people I'm surrounded by. Having said that, what does resiliency mean for you, Tammy? So this is um, an interesting topic because I did not used to believe I was resilient. And I've dealt with some things in my life, much like everybody else has. Yeah. But I've come to realize that resiliency is the ability to fall flat on your face and get back up and keep moving. That's how I feel about it in my own life. Watching my kids work through this trauma recovery journey Sometimes it feels like it's one step forward and two steps back. But that step forward is important. Um, and it is to be celebrated. And the two steps back should be supported. 
So that's resiliency to me. Wow. If this were a visual medium, our uh, listeners would have seen my face just kind of light up there. That is a, uh, that's a fantastic um, definition of that. And I think it, it also goes to highlight um, that, again, recovery from things is not a linear process. And so that one step forward, two steps back, one step forward. Um, and sometimes a couple steps back and then, uh, it, you know, it, it just looks different. So um, that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. So approaching the end of April and the beginning of May can be a pretty difficult time for our community. Um, as we approach May 7th, the day the shooting occurred at STEM school in Highlands Ranch in 2019. And the reason that the STEM Center for Strength exists. There's a lot of reminders for our community related to this tragic event. What are some things that you've noticed, Tammy, that have made it kind of approaching this date difficult? Um, so for myself personally, if I am driving down the road, because that, that day I was driving on 470 and I was being passed by a, lots of emergency vehicles. Yeah. So if I'm driving down the road and that happens, no matter where I am, um, it takes me back to that day. Um, I did speak to both of my girls and ask permission to share this mm -hmm. because this is their journey and their, um, I needed their permission. Yeah. But that day was cold and rainy. We'd had a lot of storms. So both of my girls have trouble on cold, rainy days, sure. especially as we move toward May 7th. But sometimes it comes out of the blue on a day in October. Yeah. It just depends on whatever else is going on. So at that time of year, our kids at STEM were looking at final exams in the high school, AP tests, um, prom, all those things that you look forward to yeah. as a high school, maybe not the tests, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there, yeah. but prom, those things that you look forward to, the end of the year senior things that I'm actually living out right now with my kid, um, they take on a different meaning after May 7th. Sure. And for me, um, I lost my brother when I was a senior in high school. He died two weeks before I graduated. And I am finding that I am struggling this year going toward the anniversary of May 7th because my daughter is a senior. Yeah. And I know what that journey was like for me. So I'm struggling a little bit this year. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing all of that. Um, just to, to normalize that, that struggle and, and, and these difficulties. Um, one thing that, that we know is that our brain is constantly, uh, our brain's job, one of our brain's main jobs is to help keep us safe. Right. And, um, when we have something really difficult happen, um, it, it never wants us to experience that again. And so things like environmental reminders like that rainy day that you described, um, it might not necessarily be in the front of our mind that, hey, this is definitely reminding me of this terrible experience. But our brain is still interpreting that and saying like, hey, there was that one time that this was happening and it was really bad. We need to be on our guard. We need to be on edge. Um, and we need to um, we need to do something to protect ourselves. Um, 
all of those other things that you, you described uh, related to, to seniors looking forward to, or again, I don't know any student that is looking forward to the AP test, but, <laughs> but we're, we're probably looking forward to getting through those AP tests. Right. Um, there's now this idea that in the back of their heads, hey, the last time I was doing this or a couple times ago that I was doing this, this was something that was that was really hard that I was trying to or that I experienced. And so um, so, yeah, so our brain is just interpreting that information and saying, like, hey, keep an eye out and being aware of that um, within our community. That can be a really helpful step, because rather than it just being this, I don't want to say random, but hey, this, this anxiety that I'm feeling and I'm not sure why, or this irritability that I'm experiencing and I'm not sure why, um, if, if we're able to place that and we can recognize, oh, that, hey, this is a reminder for me, then that can help to uh, reduce the intensity of that reminder and also help us be conscious of, hey, even though it's rainy right now, I am safe. So, um, I think it helps us protect our relationships too to understand that because before I kind of figured out a week or so ago that, you know, I was feeling this was a little harder this year because of Jay being a senior. Yeah. Um, I was kind of angry at home. So being able to say, okay, this is what's going on with me. Tell the people who care about me. This is what I kind of need help with going forward. It, it helps us protect the sanctity of our relationships, especially at home where we feel a little safer to express our emotions. Absolutely. And also not only talking about, Hey, this, this, this is hard for me, but also kind of going that second step and, and leaning on those support people, mm-hmm. um, in, in these difficult times, I think is, is really important in reaching out for help. Yeah, I agree. As Tammy had kind of mentioned, um, for, for the people that are listening who um, haven't perhaps been as directly impacted, or if we have any helpers listening, um, uh, therapists, teachers, whomever, um, a, a sort of similar thing that I can maybe compare this to um, would be uh, the, the death of a loved one and kind of approaching that period um, every year and all of those reminders that, that happen. And, and um, yeah, it's kind of a double for you this year. It is, but um, for me, what helps, we, uh, we've done this the last few years. We collect art supplies to donate somewhere in my brother's name. Um, he gave his gift of art to both of my girls. So uh, if we can share that with other people, it, it helps a little bit. Yeah. What is the, uh, um, as we approach this date, um, what are some of the things that the center is doing to help support our community? So um, the first thing we're starting with, April 29th, we have our last open art studio in April, and we're going to be officially launching our Kendrick's Kindness Movement. Okay. What this entails, we, we want to spread... Kendrick had a very kind, service-oriented heart and spirit. So what we'd like for people to do is, and you can come into the center to do this, or you can do it at home, paint a rock, put a kind saying on it, or a picture that would make someone smile. Yeah. Hashtag on the back, KKM, 
share it on our social media. You can tag at Center for Strength on Instagram. And take your rock and leave it somewhere that someone would find it and it might brighten their day. Please be respectful of the rules in the national parks. They have a leave no trace policy. So we ask that you not leave them there since we have quite a few of those here in Colorado. Yeah. But um, my family, we're going to Texas this summer and I plan on taking some with us to leave in my hometown of Crockett and Galveston and some of the other places we're going. So um, we're going to be putting together a, a spot in the center where you can come in and paint a rock, leave a rock for someone else, or if you're just not having a great day, you can come in and take a rock. Um, so we're, I'm really, really proud of this and excited for it to go forward. And my fervent hope is that it outlives the center. So on April 30th, we are having a dinner for seniors who were impacted by May 7th. We're calling it This is 22. Yeah. And this is for current seniors at STEM or any senior who was present at the time when they were a freshman for May 7th and have moved on to other schools. For me, that, that includes my own daughter. She's now at a different high school. So we're going to be out at the main mission. It's just going to be a night to relax. We're going to have walking tacos, and I promise I'm Texan, so they'll be yeah. good. Okay. Um, we're going to have a bonfire, lots of animals to pet, zip line, slack line, it's just going to be a fun night to relax and reconnect before the really busy season of May starts. Um, and then the whole week of May 7th, we have something every day. So on May 2nd, we're going to be doing I Rest with Randy from 4.30 to 5.30. I Rest is, I, I have a hard time describing this, Evan. You might be better at this than me. Give it a shot. I'll, but I'll jump in. I feel like it's. You lay down, there's no yoga movement involved, anything like that. Randy guides you through what feels like a mindfulness practice. Yep. Um, but it's kind of interesting to see what exists in your own brain when yeah. you take a specific amount of time to pay attention. Because a lot of times we push all that away. Yep. Um, so that's going to be 4.30 to 5.30 on May 2nd. We'd love anybody in the community to come participate in that. So just to, just to add a little bit to the um, iRest thing, and Tammy, I think you did a great job of explaining it. Um, I think one of the great things is that maybe worst case scenario, you come and you just fall asleep on the floor. Take a um, nap. Because that, uh, on, on your yoga mat, um, because when we did it, I think I might have fallen asleep for a minute. Um, and uh, Randy actually kind of encourages that as well. Um, he definitely gives permission for it. Um, I, I think it's, it's a mixture of, um, like head, head mindfulness, you know, notice what thoughts are going on, but, but probably a little bit more like body mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, how are you feeling? Where is the tension happening? Um, and that kind of thing. And, and as we've discussed through this, this whole, um, show today, um, there's a lot of stress kind of leading into this week. And so taking a minute, um, and, and come into iRest if you're able to, and, and if you're not able to, just taking a minute and paying attention to your body, um, yes. I think is, is just as important as it is to uh, paying attention to um, what kind of thoughts are happening. So, um, yeah. I agree. Our body communicates things to us that our brain may not have processed yet. 
the body keeps the score. I'll, I'll bring it back to that every yeah, time. That, that, that might have been like a direct quote right there. That was great. Yeah. Um, so continuing with our week of May 7th, on the 3rd, we're inviting dads to come to the center. Um, Mother's Day is actually the day after our anniversary, so it's on May 8th this year. So we'd love to have dads come to the center with their kiddos and make essential oil bracelets for mom. Um, that's going to be a fun time. We did it with some students a couple weeks ago, and they really, really enjoyed it. On May 4th, we're going to be having our second in a series of resilient chats. Just want to go back and plug. The first chat is going to be April 25th um, at 4 p.m., and that's open to the community. But the second chat during the week of May 2nd is going to be for former and current staff impacted by May 7th at 4 p.m. with Frank DeAngelis, who is the former principal at Columbine, and is just an incredible help to us here at the center. I feel like he takes a lot of us in the mass violence community and puts us on his shoulders and helps us walk forward. Yeah. So that I'm planning on coming on the 25th, even though I'm going to be off that day. So I'm coming back. Just to uh, just to make sure, and you on the 25th, it's also Frank that's chatting. And it is also who Frank. Is yes. The, uh, um, kind of target for, the, for that chat. So for that chat, it's anybody in the community okay. that would like to come listen to Frank. And it's just going to kind of be a time to ask him questions and he's going to talk about his journey a little bit. So, um, really, really helpful, I think, to remind ourselves that we're not alone and bring back that community piece. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're very appreciative of him for doing that. Columbine just had their anniversary yesterday and even in the midst of what they're dealing with, they show up to help our community, too. So we appreciate them. Um, on May 5th, Etienne, one of our clinicians, is going to be having her, <coughs> excuse me, her staff group meeting. That's at 4.30 and ends at 6 p.m. Bethany Laurie, who is one of our facilitators here at the center, she's a STEM parent, she substitutes at STEM. We just adore her. Fantastic. She's, she's a fantastic human. Um, she's going to be doing mindfulness, a mindfulness practice for us at 7 p.m., and that will be virtual if you can't make it into the center. And then on May 6th, we're going to be doing an open art studio from 9 to 5. So come in. Um, we're going to be having all kinds of art just laid out. We will have the Kindred Kindness Rocks that you can work on in the center. Great. We're going to also do a community gathering that day from 4.30 to 6.30. We're going to have our therapy dogs, their rock stars, Haku, Chama, and Riley. We're going to do a ping pong tournament. We're going to have snacks. We'll have art. We're going to be making um, fidget keychains and, again, Kendrick's Kindness Movement Rocks. Just a time for us to be together, especially if you need to do your own thing on May 7th. And um, that leads me into what we're doing on May 7th. Yeah. On May 7th, on the morning, in the morning, we'll be at the main mission from 9 to 12. The main mission is one of our community partners. They have provided interns for teen support groups here, um, space for us to meet as a community. It's an equine-assisted therapy barn in Sedalia. It is incredibly beautiful and peaceful out there. We're going to be helping Kathy and her husband, Mike, by painting and repairing fence. Every year going forward that the center's open, we'll have a service day in honor of Kendrick and the other eight who were injured. 
And so this year we're supporting the main mission with yeah. that service project. Um, Evan, I think you'll be out there with me that I morning. Will. Yep, painting the fence. Yep, Excited. we're going to paint fence and just be together, and that'll be important. And then in the afternoon, our director, Jess Monda, and one of our contracted um, clinicians, Jenny Robbins, will be at the Civic Green Park from 1230 to 4. You can come and see friends, former staff members, current staff members, and uh, write chalk messages on the sidewalk. The only other thing I want to say as a member of this community, whatever you can do that day is what you can do. No one can make decisions for you. If you wake up that morning and these aren't things you feel like you can do, do something that works for you. Yeah. It's important to listen to ourselves as we approach these anniversaries. So so I think uh, another thing to just add to that, what you're saying is, these are options and yes. things to maybe like you could plan to do this, but if, if you're waking up and it's, Hey, today's just not it. We're not going to go. That is totally okay. Yes. Thank you for being more succinct in saying that. <laughs> so I didn't think, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, um, with that, I mean, I did say I'd be painting fence at main mission and I absolutely will, will be, but I hope to also, you know, pet some horses and, uh, just kind of hang out and enjoy. Hopefully it's a nice day. Pet some goats. Yeah. Kathy has a therapy dog named Bruno, and he's a huge Belgian Malinois. I know oh. I just said that wrong. but Malinois? Malinois, maybe. I don't know. I'm from East Texas. Um, so he's a great dog, and it's, it's just a beautiful place to be, let alone actually getting to do something out in our beautiful Colorado scenery. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, Tammy, you had mentioned Kendrick's kindness movement, and you had mentioned um, that this is something really important that we hope outlives the legacy of the center. Mm -hmm. um, we know who Kendrick is, um, but some of our listeners might not know who Kendrick is. So just to describe who that is. Um, so Kendrick um, is a student who went to STEM who was killed during the shooting. Um, and so his heart for service and his heart for his peers um, is, is very important within our community. And I think, I think it's important to, to make sure that everybody's aware of, of, of mm -hmm. you know, why we're doing this and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, thank you, Evan. Um, I definitely should have said that. But Kendrick, we, we talk about in the center that um, he, he should be the heartbeat of the center. So the way he lived his life is hopefully what the center's putting out into the community. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about a lot of the stuff that the center's doing. We've talked about um, kind of ways to help prepare for, for difficult times, maybe some things to be aware of. Uh, Timmy, any last words on uh, what you think of the center, anything else you wanna share? So I love coming to work every day. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm getting to hold the hands of my community and help them walk forward. So it's very important to me. Just know that even if you don't feel like you can come in and do an event at the center, come in and talk to me or Bernadette, or if Evan's door is open, come part pet Barkley. Yeah. Um, just come talk to us. That's a good first step mm -hmm. in getting in the door and being with your community. Yeah. I, I think listening to this is that is a is a great first step, and then um, taking that next step, mm -hmm. taking that next step, and, and coming and um, just chatting or, or hanging out. Um, we I, 
I think we've mentioned this in um, the, both of the first two podcasts, but yes, that, that therapeutic aspect is important and, and, and helpful in, in healing. And also if you're a student being able to come over and take your backpack off and hang out and play ping pong or, or play Nintendo or play Dungeons and Dragons, um, or if you're an adult coming in and um, hanging out, like we have, um, we have the space for that, and uh, and hopefully, hopefully the center continues to be able to provide that for folks. It's my favorite thing about the center. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for being our guest, Tammy, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Evan. Awesome. We also want to thank Aiden Chapo for producing our intro tune. Barkley for being a goofy sort of energy within the center and the main mission for being such a great partner to our community. Thanks again for listening. And these podcasts will be released approximately monthly. So look for one again towards the end of May. Have a good day.